Hello and welcome to the Produce Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel, and I'm delighted to be joined again today by Scott Schutte. As you probably know by now, if you are a frequent listener, Scott is a longtime produce retail executive whose award-winning career has included stops at Sprouts, Bosch's, Fresh Time, and AJ's Fine Foods. You may also remember that along with being a Produce Retailer of the Year recipient, Scott has also been a Specialty Food Retailer of the Year honoree as well. And today, we're going to utilize that part of his expertise in a way that I think will produce some very practical takeaways as we get really specific about cheese and produce pairings. So, of course, as we talk about these things, we're thinking about cross-merchandising, marketing, meal and snack planning, Really, really all with the goal of being the expert for your shopper, thinking about what are they trying to accomplish with that trip and inspiring them on different and fun ways to do that, to think about produce differently, to think about cheese differently, snacks and meals that they haven't put together before. All kinds of fun stuff in this conversation. Hope you enjoy. So without further ado, here's my chat with Scott Schutte. So, Scott, I wanted to start by letting everybody in on what I think may sometimes be forgotten, that you have this this extensive background, not only in produce, but kind of the perimeter in general, and you have some special expertise in, in cheese as well. Tell, tell me how you, how you uh, got into the world of cheese a little bit at one point in your career. Well, the world of cheese uh, was something definitely that um, was never on my radar. Um, uh, It was a kind of a a side department in a gourmet specialty grocery business that I worked in that um, I, unfortunately, at that time, didn't pay much attention to. And uh, growing up through the ranks and changing positions and acquiring more responsibility, I was able to take on the um, overall responsibility and uh, kind of the leadership caretaker role of a fromagerie department or the the cheese department. And at this particular um, retailer, uh, the cheese department was actually a pretty big deal. It was a little over 350 different varieties of um, fresh cut and wrapped cheeses. So uh, domestic cheeses, you know, the Wisconsin cheese program and the California cheese program and all the other uh, domestically marketed cheese programs, plus all the import cheeses, all the import cheeses from around the world that made up, you know, part of this 350 plus items in the cheese department. And so a little intimidating at first, um, uh, as soon as I was able to kind of grasp and, and understand the um, really the bulk of the department, um, the next thing that I noticed right away is um, I became a pretty active connoisseur in a lot of these different cheeses and, you know, 10 pounds extra, 20 pounds extra. And before you know it, um, I'd packed on quite a bit of extra weight because I f- kind of fell in love with this cheese department and had a great time running and helping operate the cheese department within this retailer. Um, it was that time that I also realized there's such a big potential for a lot of the uh, perishable departments to partner up with the produce department and um, a lot of great ideas for food pairings, a lot of great ideas for um, just really accelerated cross merchandising. And uh, when I started putting all of that knowledge together, 
Um, it probably took you know six months to a year to get to that stage. Um, we were able to do some really fun and cool things with most of the de- perishable departments within uh, that grocery retailer. So excited to have some conversation today about uh, you know that impact of cheese and um, what retailers can do right now to utilize not only cheese, but many other items throughout the store that um, pair well with produce items or complement produce items or vice versa, enhance other items in other departments. So lots to talk about. Absolutely. Well, and I love the idea of zeroing in a little bit on on cheese and what some of those pairings are, just because I was telling you a little bit earlier, in my family growing up, we would get, you know, the the bags of the pre-shredded cheese. Like that's just what we use with with pretty much everything. So even now as an adult, when I walk by and there are these beautiful selections of of all these gourmet cheeses, I think it looks awesome, but I'm not super familiar. I'm not exactly sure where to start. And I, I, I always go back to this, Scott, I figure if I feel that way, I'm probably not the only consumer out there with that experience. And so I thought how great to just talk through with somebody who knows it better like yourself and get some suggestions for the produce managers out there on some of these things. They can just, you know, go to, uh, to the folks running that section with a plan and say, Hey, this would go well with apples. This would go well with these pears and just be able to approach with a little bit more formulated of a plan and and try some things out. Yeah, I think we were both kind of talking along the same lines of uh, you had a consumer intimidation when you went by the cheese department. Exactly. Uh, I had a leadership uh, intimidation when I went by and uh, joined forces in that, that fromagerie or cheese department. And there's really only one way to overcome it, and that's to dive right in. And um, it's not uh, the most difficult thing in the world to start out with some of the basics. And some of the basics for me ended up being my favorites at that time, but are really still some of my favorites today. And you start out with um, one of the biggest cheese items in that department, believe it or not, is um, fresh Parmesan or Parmesan Reggiano. And that's a big seller in most of the retailers. um, even big retailers like Costco do an extremely, extremely great job with the sale of, of fresh Reggiano cheese or fresh grated Reggiano cheese. But you think about that particular cheese, and even though you might not fully understand it, you probably had it before many times and maybe didn't even know you were eating it. There's just a lot of great ways in the produce department to help join forces with an item like the, the Parmesan Reggiano. The one I can think of that sticks out in my mind that's a kind of an all-time favorite is um, being able to use that Reggiano in a a fresh bruschetta. And that is is just a simple recipe that can be, you know, um, done many different ways, Um, but it's pretty basic. It's it's chopped tomatoes, mixing chopped diced up tomatoes or processed tomatoes um, that are fresh with some fresh garlic and adding a little bit of um, fresh basil to that mix and being able to uh, apply that to the top of uh, maybe a, a toasted baguette or your favorite type of cracker or whatever. And with that sprinkle of, of grated Reggiano cheese in there, um, you're all of a sudden a cheese connoisseur and you can really start to taste the flavor of, of the cheese, but how it kind of enhances the flavor of all those other items that are, are put together. And that's a fast and simple recipe, but that's another fast way to start to get used to you know, some of the more common cheeses that are are in that department. But 
Um, from a merchandising standpoint, um, you really start to scratch your head and think about, you know, all the options that the fresh produce department has with cross merchandising an item like Parmesan Reggiano. We just talked about, you know, the three key ingredients that are that are added to it. Um, fresh basil, fresh tomatoes, fresh garlic. Those are three big items that are, are in the produce department. And whether it's bringing Reggiano over from that deli department or cheese department into the produce department and setting up a satellite display, or maybe it's a, a basket side by side, the tomato display or wherever it might be. Um, that's a pretty fast and easy plug and play cross merchandising opportunity for some big sales, because obviously you're not just selling one item. You might end up selling four or five different items um, because of that display and because of it being cross merchandised and, and, and tied together. But very simple and easy example. Um, but it's also a, a fun and pretty tasty example also that um, ends up on shopping lists all the time. You'd be surprised. Well, and you mentioned that's an example of a hard cheese, right? And so refrigeration isn't something you have to worry about with those. Yeah, and refrigeration is a great topic to talk about because um, I know that uh, uh, food safety regulations from, from state to state differ along with uh, temperatures and humidity levels of, of environments from state to state differ also. But you'll find that many hard cheeses like the Reggiano and a number of others um, they don't necessarily require that 38, 40 degree temperature zone that uh, some of the other softer cheeses require, which really enables the retailer to, I don't know, kind of get crazy with the merchandising. And um, when you travel through some of the stores, you'll see some big displays of, of Parmesan Reggiano and even some other cheddar type cheeses that, you know, are just cut and wrap. They're fresh cheeses, but they're not necessarily under refrigeration and they might be out on satellite displays being cross merchandised with items like, you know, the tomatoes we talked about as an example, but that's what makes fun uh, merchandising when you've got an item that's, that's hearty and that's food safe and you're, you're, you're able to merchandise it without direct refrigeration of, you know, 38 to 40 degrees. Um, you can do some really cool things. Mm -hmm. Now, what are some of your other favorite pairings then? Um, well, we'll go in the opposite direction while we're talking about cheeses. Um, we'll get into some of the soft cheeses. And, um, you know, prior to this career change in my life, when I took on the responsibility of that fromagerie department, um, I wasn't an avid connoisseur of, of the brie cheeses, or the very soft, creamy cheeses. Um, I think, you know, every now and then or uh, occasionally I've sampled some or had some, but they weren't part of a, a regular menu for me by any means. And um, I, I think it was at that time I really woke up and realized how easy it is to, to buy a wedge uh, of brie and to be able to let it sit out on the counter and soften up a little bit and have some fresh sliced pears and or maybe even some uh, fresh figs or fig spread. And along with some, you know, crackers or baguettes or, you know, whatever your your flavor of choice is there. Uh, but to make kind of a quick and easy appetizer or, you know, great afternoon lunch snack type meal. Um, but really enjoy some of the flavors of that fresh soft cheese, especially some of the, the imported brie cheeses that I was privy to at that time. So I had a great time with uh, just tasting brie side by side with nice slices of, you know, seasonal pears and some figs and 
um, made it very easy and very simple. And of course, you start experimenting with stuff like pears and figs. Uh, it's pretty easy to add the entire berry category to that list that mixes well with with the breeze. And so we did a lot of that. Um, seasonally speaking, um, there's a lot of times of the year where um, obviously produce is in season and in prime season. We go through that every single year. Nothing changes. Uh, but there's also a little bit of promotional seasonality that happens with the world of, of cheese. And so there's different times of year that um, cheese is being promoted. I know that um, uh, Wisconsin cheese, as an example, or just like California cheese, as an example, both do a really great job with actively promoting and uh, being responsible stewards of their entire cheese program. And so there's a lot of promotional opportunities that are passed down or suggested down to the retailers where they, they're able to capitalize on uh, very nice domestic cheeses that um, allow them to get a little bit crazy with, you know, retails and promotions. And it's great timing for the produce retailer at that time to take advantage of that quote unquote Wisconsin cheese program or the California cheese program or whatever the promotion might be. And, um, you know, hitch up and ride with it um, to be able to actively cross merchandise and promote with a lot of those cheeses um, is great. And I can remember a lot of fall seasons where I would take advantage of some of those domestic cheese programs because they tied in perfect timing with our apple season and some of the first of the season apples that were starting to appear in late September and early October and really having some fun with uh, tying together a Honeycrisp apple promotion side by side with a smoked Gouda that was going on over in the cheese department at that time. And um, not only merchandise them together, but advertise and promote them together kind of side by side, um, along with maybe even a wine pairing that um, really made great food tasting sense for the customer. And especially for that, the rookie customer, the customer like us at once upon a time where, you know, we didn't have that experience and we didn't have that knowledge. Um, we really put together um, a very easy way to taste and understand food pairings and how successful it is and how easy it is to take three items like that smoked Gouda and the fresh first of the season Honeycrisp apple and tied together with the appropriate wine that paired with it and uh, have yourself a, a, a really great, um, I won't say meal, but um, a, a great little appetizer, which sometimes did turn into meals for me, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> for people to you know finally realize that there's a value in, in cheese, you know, especially at promotion time, um, there's a value in all the other items that pair and that go along with it. And when you can advertise them that way and merchandise them that way and promote them that way, it makes it pretty easy for that, that beginner or rookie customer to, uh, to jump right in and, um, you know, become a little bit more familiar with it. And it grows over time. Um, that could be knowledge that's carried over to, you know, parties that you might attend or special events that you might attend or uh, holiday gatherings that you might attend. And, um, your knowledge gets expanded each time you go to one of those events. And not only that, you know, it helps you when you're in charge of, you know, someday bringing that charcuterie tray or that, you know, that fruit and cheese tray or whatever it might be, you know, to the next function or the next event or whatever, you have a little bit more um, 
kind of past experience on what goes together and how to put something like that together. So lots of fun and excitement there. Um, if I was to mention any of my other favorites or things that um, were simple and basic to me at that time, um, I really liked um, the fresh mozzarella. And I got into the fresh mozzarella and um, was able to, to do some things with um, tying some, again, some fun and easy recipes together with the produce department, um, especially it was again in the fall time or the early fall, late August going into September when uh, the heirloom tomato crops were really on fire. And there was a, you know, a, a glutton of heirloom tomatoes that really paired perfectly on making sliced mozzarella heirloom tomato stackers. And I remember that um, not only our, our, our deli used to feature those in the cold case and sell kind of a completed meal together with, you know, slices of, of thick pieces of fresh mozzarella, um, um, soft fresh mozzarella, and then, you know, thick slices of the different flavors of heirloom tomatoes stacked up and inter intertwined along with, you know, pieces of uh, basil and then a nice little drizzle or coating of uh, a balsamic vinegar and some olive oil and a little salt and pepper for seasoning. And that itself became a meal, but it was something that was pretty simple for our deli to, to do in-house and have for sale in the case, just like they would offer, you know, some of those other, um, you know, presentations or meal platters inside the case. But um, it was also a kind of a do-it-yourself note to the consumer that if they didn't want to purchase it that way, that it was pretty easy to uh, to do that same type of pairing themselves and see the four or five simple ingredients that went into it and the seasoning and build a basket for that front register and have them actually go out the door with those four or five items. So um, that was a favorite of mine. Um, I enjoyed the taste and having it at home quite a bit. But, you know, I also enjoyed uh, some of the cross merchandising opportunities, kind of like the bruschetta that uh, fresh mozzarella provided to the produce department. Um, we did it both ways, too, I wanted to mention. We cross merchandised fresh mozzarella on some satellite mobile ice displays, you know, that um, you know, were capable of having the bottom part of the tray iced down with the fresh balls of mozzarella in packages sitting on top of the ice. And so um, it was food safe. It kept the mozzarella cold, but it was a way for us to kind of scoot that display over next to that fresh heirloom tomato display, which was flanked with packages of fresh basil side by side, some of the other items like the garlic and uh, side stack of, of groceries, uh, balsamic vinegar, um, and some of those other items. So had a, lot of had a lot of fun merchandising it that way. And we also took produce over to the fromagerie department quite a bit. And we did the same thing over there. Um, mozzarella, obviously a soft cheese when it's in that, that real fresh form, um, needs to be refrigerated and it has some temperature requirements. So we kept the mozzarella in the cold case, but in front of the cold case, out of the refrigeration, we were able to build some quick and easy satellite heirloom tomato displays, you know, that kind of set the tone and, and those that were also flanked with packages of fresh basil and, you know, stepped out of the box a little bit or out of the produce department and went to other departments to uh, set something up over there that, again, 
tied in perfectly with their item. And with the intentions of, we just don't want to be the leaders in selling the most tomatoes or the most basil. We really wanted to have the biggest basket possible going out front and have mozzarella in it and um, balsamic vinegar and olive oil and salt and pepper if they don't have it or whatever it might be, um, you know, to really get the basket size up at the front register. So all departments benefited from it when we did that type of cross merchandising. Well, and it's interesting that you mention Scott the the fall being kind of a prime time for this because obviously the this time of year during summer, of course, is when a lot of folks are planning for fall. And yeah. then also, it seems to me that the economic environment right now, with a lot of people kind of kind of shying away from going out to eat, maybe quite as much as they did before, just because of inflation and and prices when you go out to eat. Um, and then you've got your your twenty percent tip on top of the the already increased prices, right? The the grocery store is looking like more and more of a value, and but people still want that great culinary experience. So it seems like now is maybe the perfect time for to experiment with some of these things. I think. Yeah, the perfect time. In fact, before our podcast today, I was really really having some um, thoughts about my past and 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 my career. And things that um, I wished that I would have done a little bit better of a job or accelerated a little bit better. Um, in our business, we all have those priorities and we have the big goals of, of uh, you know, mass merchandising and promoting and quality control and, you know, hitting the numbers every single week, or every single period. And sometimes, unfortunately, we lose focus or we lose track of the importance of some of the little aspects of the fresh produce department um, that can be made into very sizable, very big parts of the department if you give them that uh, that time and attention. And I really firmly believe, Ashley, that um, when we're talking about cross-merchandising and we're talking about a category like cheese cross-merchandising, um, I didn't take full advantage of it all the time when I was when I was a retailer. And um, some of the reason was, you know, simply because of focusing on those other critical areas of the department. But um, another part of the reason was uh, probably just ignorance. I didn't understand those other items in the other departments well enough to, to really be able to establish some good, strong links with, um, with food and the food tasting and the combination of all those items together what it actually meant. So um, regretfully wish I would have done a better job with pairings and cross merchandisings. Um, but today I sit back and I look at all the opportunities that are out there for retailers that are really at their fingertips. Um, I did a quick little Google search um, earlier today just to see what some of some of my favorite primary growers and shippers are doing on um, their websites right now and what they provide, whether it's a, a POS material, um, whether it's just collateral material for a retailer to be able to use on, on social media, or whether it's just for somebody like me that really wanted to understand what's, what's going on right now in the world of, of pairing with berries and cheese. And um, a great example was just taking a quick sneak peek at the uh, the Driscoll website and being able to see uh, really page after page of some great, great ideas of anything from merchandising uh, goat cheese 
with the berries and some simple recipes that we're using fresh soft goat cheese with some of the berries uh, to, you know, building that fruit and cheese board and uh, being able to tie in all the different cheeses that paired with strawberries and raspberries and blackberries and blueberries. There is a wealth of information at the fingertips of retailers right now to be able to help them um, create cross merchandising displays, uh, to help them with signage, uh, to help them in their promotions, you know, as far as um, artwork or recipes or whatever else might be needed. But I, I think there's in today's day and age, a lot more information out there supplied by a lot of the big growers and the big brands out there to really help the retailer take cross merchandising to that next level and to be able to be not just mediocre at it or just not occasionally cross merchandise or pair foods together, uh, but be a leader at it. I think there's some opportunity, especially for a lot of the, the high end affluent, you know, gourmet, um, even all natural retailers out there in the world that have that type of consumer day in and day out um, there is a big opportunity to continue training, educating, and uh, building your sales up just by using what's been given to us by some of those uh, grower shipper manufacturers that I mentioned. So a lot of good stuff out there. It's a great point. And I especially love that you mentioned you can start by looking on Google. I mean, you can reach out to your suppliers and I'm sure they'll be happy to point you in the right direction or or they may create the material you know, for you personally, if they don't have it already, but you may just be able to Google it, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I sent over, you know, a handful of some snapshots from the websites that I took, but, you know, those are just great quality examples from, you know, the Stamelt apple growers and Shalon Fresh apple growers, all the way over to Driscoll's and some of the uh, Village Farm tomato growers out there that just have, tons of great information on their website, tons of how-to stuff and um, information that not only makes it easy for the consumer, you know, to be able to picture or put together a list of items um, based on a recipe, but for the, for the folks of the team members in the store to be able to have um, one of those, you know, small little pieces of signages or, you know, a, a email blast or something on social media that kind of gives them a little bit of knowledge also on how easy it is to do food pairings and food pairings in particular with cheeses. I mean, I've a few clicks of the mouse and I found probably, you know, at least 15 or 20 very easily that were all great examples of what um, is going on in that world right now. Besides the retailer having to come up with that information on their own, um, it's all out there. I have to do is ask. Well, and I love that you mentioned too, the, it's kind of like the, the world opens for your shopper when you start presenting some of these com combinations, especially when you make it so easy. I mean, just to have the apple with the cheese, right? It's, it's almost like a, a recipe, but as easy as you can imagine, right? It's yeah. like the effect of yeah. the recipe, but with no work and with convenience being so quick and people being so time starved. It's I think it's kind of a perfect marriage of both those worlds where you want the upscale, but you want it fast, right? Like you want something yeah. new, but you don't want to have to buy that many different new ingredients and work that hard at it, right? Absolutely. And I think as a as a retailer, folks have to understand also that um, putting up a cross merchandising display 
of um, a fruit or a vegetable that ties in with the cheese for a week is not necessarily going to gain an extra incremental $10,000 in sales that week. Um, it's going to take time, and but you're incrementally building baskets. And for that consumer that doesn't maybe have those items on their shopping list, there are some times you might be able to talk them into putting those items in the basket, but you're setting a really, really strong subliminal message out with the customer when they leave that they remembered having seen that display and seen those items that are tied together and that go together. If they didn't pick those items up, there's actually a pretty good chance that the next time that they're shopping or the next time there's a, a special occasion or an event or, or a store promotion or something that's going on, um, they have pretty good memories and, and they'll be able to pick up um, from where they left off on that last shopping trip and well, hopefully gain an extra incremental sale, even though it didn't happen you know, a week, a week ago or two weeks ago. Um, you're, you're putting a very strong subliminal message in that consumer's mind and you're giving them knowledge, which is for us as retailers, that's selling power whenever we can supply a consumer with that. Um, especially when it's added to stuff like your retailer website and some of your email blast and social media activity. And um, you can kind of create a, a permanent frenzy around topics like we just talked about, some of those food pairings that are fun and easy and um, most of the time not very forgetful. So it's a matter of just getting the word out. Well, and I love that you mentioned too, giving shoppers knowledge, because to me, the more you do that kind of thing on a regular basis with the pairings and and putting out those, those combination possibilities, it just, it delivers this connotation of expertise, I think, which is so valuable because of course, every grocer is looking for differentiation and, yeah. and that's, that's something that can provide that, right? Is like, oh, um, they're suggesting this, I guess if I ask the person standing there, they'll probably be able to give me a suggestion, right? It's just yeah. like, like you said, those subliminal messages, like we can help you with this, right? It's also, in addition to that, it's kind of inadvertently a training and development part of all the team members that work there. Because I know that in, in my past, um, I wasn't a cheese expert going into the cheese department as a, as a director or VP of perishables. Um, I wouldn't consider myself even an expert right now at this stage in my life, but I can tell you that I sure learned a lot and I learned a lot from some of the events and the promotions and the things that we did at store level that me as a leader taught me quite a bit. And I know that seeing some of the displays out in the stores and some of the sample and the tasting events that happened out in the stores and, and some of the meal solutions that the deli was creating there's an awful lot of people throughout the store that learned quite a bit from the food pairing exercises that we did. So, and wanted to make sure to mention too, that I know we just talked about summer and we talked about the berry pairings with uh, some of the soft cheese and we talked about fall and some of the hard cheese pairings, but there's really not a time of year that um, you can't cross merchandise or promote cheeses and fruits and, and or vegetables. Uh, 365 days a year, there's all kinds of opportunity, whether it's, uh, you know, that uh, Wisconsin cheese promotion that I mentioned before a certain time of year, or maybe your particular retailer is having uh, an Italian themed month or a period of time in October or sometime in fall that, you know, goes well with some of your plans in, in your department, you can participate in and be active in. But um 
we're in the heat of summer stone fruit season right now. And, you know, the plums, apricots, peaches, and nectarines, and cherries, and grapes. I mean, that those are all great categories and great items to have very quick and easy promotions going on. They're side-by-side cross-merchandising growing on with a lot of the cheeses from that cheese department right now. So I guess it doesn't matter what the time of year is. Um, probably doesn't even matter what the event is or the holiday time of year that there's lots of great opportunity out there to always be cross-merchandising and promoting the categories that we're talking about earlier. And as far as sort of the the technical details, we talked a little bit about some of these cheeses, you don't even need to worry about refrigeration necessarily. Some of them you do. What were some of the kind of practical considerations for you guys that went along with cross-merchandising cheeses with produce? Uh, well, first to be practical, I mean, there's a lot of items in, in the produce department that um, space allocation is very critical to. And it goes both ways. There's a lot of items in the department that you just can't build a big enough display because it's such a great item or a popular promotion or such heavy tonnage is leaving the store. You need all the real estate that you can. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that makes it hard to cut the size of that display down and add cheese to it or add other items from other departments to it and cross merchandise. But really, where, where there's a will, there's a there's a way. And um, you're going to be able to uh, provide decent space allocation. And even for the opposite, um, some of the lower volume stores or some of the lower volume items in the produce department that might not have the velocity of a Honeycrisp apple, might be a little bit of a slower item, have a great opportunity to shrink down the size of their display space a little bit and flank it or parallel it side by side with an item like, you know, the cheese from the fromagerie department and put some really good combinations together that um, don't impede space allocation in any way. And if anything, help complement each other and help sell each other. So maybe a little bit less shrink or loss in the produce department for certain items. And maybe the same goes for the fromagerie or the cheese department that they're able to get a little bit more activity or a little bit more product turns and excitement out of just being able to combo displays together from, from that standpoint or that point of view. And how about signage? Is 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 cross-merchandising in and of itself enough sometimes, or does there always need to be signage to kind of connect those dots a little more explicitly? Yeah, I'm a firm believer in informational signage, and you've got really you know, a part of the consumer base that um, are avid readers and pay attention to a lot of that informational signage. And then you have the other part of the group that um, is in for a particular item and has zeroed in on that item and doesn't necessarily, maybe on this trip, pay attention to it, but might catch on several trips later. Um, from a lot of those, you know, growers, shippers, manufacturers that I've worked with in the past, they were always great suppliers of informational signage, um, or if anything, all the verbiage, the romance and the story behind, you know, what that particular fruit pairs well with and why it pairs well with that cheese or why it pairs well with that particular item from another department. And um, that was all items or, or incremental, um, really freebies from the supplier, from the vendor that um, is there for the takings. If you can put it to use and use it 
in the form of, of informational signage, great. It helps out quite a bit. Um, the other part of signage, besides the informational signage that I tried to always focus on, was uh, price point signage. And so um, favorite time of year for me to do all kinds of crazy, fun, promotional stuff with Parmesan Reggiano, the king of cheeses, was when it was on promotion. You know, obviously, regular retail price is probably not going to excite a lot of customers or bring them to the table or the display where you've got it at. But I guarantee you, once it's being promoted, it's in the ad flyer, it's on the website, it's being advertised all over the place. Um, it's got a value to it. It's got a uh, savings to it. And it's got a reason to have one of those bright, flashy ad signs hanging above it that uh, really attract consumers, especially as you mentioned earlier, today's consumer that's looking to stretch their you know budget a little bit or stretch their wallet a little bit and still wants some of the finer things in life or still wants to be able to, to have a meal that would taste like maybe one of those fun restaurants they used to go to. Um, but they want to do it on a budget. It's a great opportunity to tie in your cross merchandising and your promotions together. And so you have a lot of those fun advertised savings signs that really represent and scream out value to the consumer. Um, they see a few of those signs hanging in the same area with a few different items. It makes it very simple for them to actually build that meal or build the basket. So. That's a great point. Um, no reason not to to take a little advantage of that halo effect when when those sales are going on, right? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And the tricky part is um, in the produce department, we necessarily um, don't know everything that's going on in the other departments. We might not know what's going on in the wine department. We might not know what's going on over in the deli or the cheese department. And it starts at the top as leaders. It's our responsibility to know everything that's going on in those departments and every opportunity that we have in the produce department to kind of piggyback or partner along with them. And so if you start by setting a great example from a leadership level on um, really joining forces side by side with the folks in the deli or the wine liquor department, whichever department it might be, it sets a great example that cascades down to the store level team and walls are easier to be broken down when they have the support of upper leadership and the direction of upper leadership. Uh, it's also a great thing to see uh, a handful of leaders from different departments reaping the rewards from a successful program and from a successful cross merchandising opportunity or a promotion that you know, actively move the sales needle for not just one department, but the entire store. And when that happens, um, there's a tendency for it to reoccur again and again and again and build off of that synergy of having successful sales by partnering together with other departments. And the same thing I can say for the store level folks. Um, it's a challenge at store level to operate your own department but to be also involved in somebody else's department at the same time. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about cross merchandising cheese in the produce department, there's a lot of responsibility that goes with the produce team to be great communicators over to the deli um, for them to be conscious and aware of there's an item in their department that's perishable. It probably has a code date or a shelf life on it um, for a freshness factor. And a lot of times 
you know, the folks from the deli or the cheese department don't live in the produce department and they're not over there hundred percent of the day, but what a great opportunity for the produce department to still be aware of their item over there and help keep a watchful eye over that item. And whether it is from a freshness standpoint or factor or from an in-stock position, I mean, you'd hate to have an empty cheese display over in the, you know, the fresh sugar bee apple display, you know, that's on exhibit right now and not have that sales opportunity, but to kind of disappoint a consumer a little bit when they see a bunch of great point of sale information and a great idea with, you know, this new cheese that's pairing super well with the, you know, the sugar bee apple and then not to have any cheese out there. So you got to heighten, heighten up the communication between departments at store level for sure. And then lead by example at executive level or leadership level um, to give those directives and those suggestions out there to the store level folks and support them. And then at the end of the day, um, not to forget, celebrate those success stories and some of the fun and excitement that, you know, some of this cross merchandising has generated throughout the store, not just for the produce department, but everybody else also. Well, and when you talk about sort of that, that collaborative effort and everybody sort of, if you, if you're pulling in the same direction, it's, it really is the rising tide lifts all boats kind of scenario. And I, I believe Scott, if I remember correctly, it reminds me of, I feel like we've talked in the past and you mentioned one retailer you worked with where essentially it was, it was the whole store performance that everyone was evaluated on, like across all the departments where they really focused on those overall KPIs, whether it was sales or basket size. Absolutely. It wasn't about the, uh, that meat manager um, beating his chest at the end of the month because they performed the best and they had the highest gross profit dollars and the highest sales increases. It really became a celebration at the end of the month of all department heads being able to join forces and see a net net result of the entire store, all four walls, everything in between all four walls and better understand, you know, what their contribution did to the entire mix and the entire performance for that particular period. And for everybody to realize it wasn't one department that carried everybody. It was a a joint effort, a team member effort from all departments, not just one. Awesome. I'm going to go back. Scott prepared for our listeners all these fantastic notes in advance of this episode. And so I just want to recap a few of the things. So you've mentioned uh, some of your favorite pairings, that fresh tomato bruschetta with the fresh grated Parmesan Reggiano, chopped mixed tomatoes, crushed fresh garlic and fresh cut basil. So there's one, one of our options. Smoked Gouda with a sweet apple like a Honeycrisp or Sugar Bee. Soft brie cheese with pears or fig spread, and then caprese stackers using sliced fresh mozzarella, sliced heirloom tomatoes, and fresh basil leaves drizzled with balsamic vinaigrette, olive oil, salt, and pepper. So just a quick recap for any of our our produce managers out there looking to experiment with some things. Scott outlined those, which I just love really specific, actionable examples. So I wanted to highlight those one more time for us, Scott. (laughs) Yeah, and those are four very, very basics too. And that's something that uh, really any retailer could get into very easily. And you don't have to be a extreme high-end gourmet specialty retailer. Um, This is uh, something that works for really all retailers. Those are four good broad-based examples. Mm -hmm. 
And then similarly, I love that you were outlining some of the key times and occasions to to reach out and learn about this and, and do this because you mentioned Wisconsin cheese, import cheese, Italian food, if, if that's a theme for the store, seasonal summer, of course, stone fruit, berry season, late spring, early summer, fall for apples and pears, of course. And you also mentioned any holiday. So that opens up a whole nother slate of possibilities too. any kind of occasion, really, right? If you want to do any marketing around, you know, whether you're talking Valentine's Day, if you want, if so, a lot of people get married in the summer, right? If you want to have like an anniversary theme or section or kit or something along those lines, right? Cheeses and produce, great for that sort of thing. I mean, the, the possibilities are endless, which is a little overwhelming, but pretty awesome. I think the moral of that story is there's there's no bad time of year or no bad day of the year for cross merchandising, no matter what the items are. You've got some great opportunities, as you just mentioned. Back in the studio, one more thank you to Scott for an awesome conversation today. Hope you took away something practical that you can use in your store. That is always the goal here is to make you think about something a little differently or get an idea that is really tangible that you can go just experiment with and see what happens. Of course, produce, it's all about learning every day, never a dull moment. And we just appreciate the opportunity to contribute to the conversation around produce and retail. One more thing before you go, if you are learning from or otherwise enjoying this podcast, I do so appreciate if you rate and review. That support really helps me keep it rolling and continue to bring you insight from some incredibly knowledgeable and just awesome people across the produce industry. So thank you again, and we'll see you next week on the Produce Retail Podcast.